0: If I'm a minute or two late, it's fine. No,
1: no, no, no. As long as I pay attention to the time. Coming up, the New York football giants are six and one. Some people thought a trap game was looming down in Jacksonville. Tut, tut, tut. We say to that as Daniel Jones continues to grow inside of the system, continues to show the areas that we thought he could be a solid, if not, franchise question mark qb for the new york football giants all three phases played effectively in this one and wouldn't you know it a one possession game that came down to the final seconds and of course the big blue new york football giants came out on top Best friends, it's OGP, the one giant podcast where we are your host over here, Adam Arbrecht, covering the Brooklyn Nets over on the Lockdown Nets podcast. My boy, Doug Nori, and yonder there, you're going to find the season generational ticket holder, the healthy, wealthy, and wise, the banner in the background, Mr. Andrew Makowitz. How are we, sir?
0: Oh, man, what a game yesterday. It, it, it's just, it's uncanny. Isn't it unbelievable what the Giants are doing? Like every time I watch it, I kind of, we, we even talk pre-show, it's like, I can't believe that this team just continues to find
1: ways to win. Uh, Six and one now on the season, a 23 to 17 one possession victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars down in Jacksonville. Like you say, it's, it's again, we're going to go through the game, a couple of the key sequences, some really high level takeaways. Obviously Daniel Jones is always going to be a theme of these games, especially as he continues to perform better and better as the season has gone along. But uh, you know, we we did our pre our pre show a game you know predictions here. We we talk about is there a letdown coming? You thought this could have been a spot for it. We talked a little bit after the episode where I said I wasn't uh, talking about being hundred percent confident. <laughs> but the one thing we should be confident is like one possession game always be one possession game because there's no two ways about it. That's what the Giants do, and in this one, surprisingly, before we get into like the details, the fine details of it. Uh, Surprisingly, the Giants had a lead at the halftime of this game. Now, we're still trailing in the fourth quarter because that's a part of what they do. But there does seem to be these little incremental pieces. And there was a big overarching theme, I think, in this game for both of these teams. Now, 2-5 and Jacksonville Jaguars, 6-1 and New York football Giants. When you watch the game, there's not a lot of striking differences between these teams except for execution in key moments, talent wise ability, right? The, 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 the personnel to be effective. Yeah. Jacksonville has that. What they don't have is finishing closing out games. And for, for the grace of the coaching staff, the New York football giants seem to walk into the season starting in week one against Tennessee saying, Oh no, we know how to grind out games. I think a lot of that early days went to the coaching staff. Now we're seeing the players be a part of that too.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, et cetera, have not had a history here of closing games the way that they are now. And so yep. that's why you have to give credit to Dayball and Kafka and Wink Martindale because this was not part of the culture or the DNA over the last five years. It's why we've had multiple coaching staffs in here, Adam. But it really is changing. When the yep. Giants are down going into the fourth quarter, you kind of have that feeling you're like, well, this is where it probably ends. And it just doesn't because they're well coached. They get a timely stop or a big play on defense. Like last week, it was, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau stripping Lamar Jackson. This week, it was fourth and one. That defensive line stepped up big time against Trevor Lawrence. And you see the converse side when Daniel Jones has it on the goal line. He rams the ball into the end zone and leaves
1: no doubt of what he's trying to accomplish there. And let's just, just very briefly touch on those two comparisons because we talked about it in real time through text. I got to get out for the first time. I usually don't like to go out uh, for games. I like to be at the you know at the apartment, TV, total silence around me, real violent. Um, but I was, actually got out. I had a, you know, a cocktail in the afternoon and got to see it with some Giants fans out there uh, at, at the bar. But those two moments in watching them, again, was like so indicative, I think, of where these two teams are. Doug Peterson said, we don't know how to finish games yet. That moment. Like I said, it's a great stuff on this fourth down play when Trevor Lawrence, they're going to run the sneak. And when you watch it, though, Trevor Lawrence stays super high, bumps into the line, great push in the middle from Dexter Lawrence and the Giants, and then Dexter, and then Trevor Lawrence kind of says, eh, maybe me go back away a little bit. Maybe I'll try to reroute here. And and it's again, the play, the tip of the hat goes to the Giants on that. But it was just that moment of like, oh, this dude didn't want to go all in. Conversely... Fourth and goal, understanding where you are, understanding what it requires. Daniel Jones gets low, he gets the push, and he surges forward, and then everyone gets behind him and starts shoving him, right, and making sure that he gets himself across that line. There's just a a conviction in the way that the Giants are executing plays, and that goes back to those early days. Tennessee Titans, right? We're going to go for it on fourth downs. We're going to be gutsy. We're going to try to force the issue. Um, And there was a moment in this game where I thought if Dable rightfully so has evolved his thinking on that just a little bit Um, in an earlier fourth down where they chose not to, but other big overarching themes just before we talk about some of the nitty gritty.
0: Yeah. So a couple different things. One is the wide receiving core, especially Marcus Johnson. It was, it was tough out there for them. There was multiple plays to be had that weren't able to be executed. Well, you know, uh, listen, I, I, you even mentioned it to me when I was saying, you know, the wide receivers got to catch these balls. It's like, Marcus Johnson is a practice squad player. Like the expectations for him are not that high. Granted, the giants are winning because the players that they put out there are executing regardless of who's there. The problem is you you just get so far down the depth chart where you're like, yeah, this, even though this guy is running the route, he's not, he's not supposed to be the guy that's catching fourth and goals or big third down plays. I just thought it's really tough. And and we'll, we'll get into Jones and and Barkley in a second. It's just, it's just tough because, there, there were two drive-crushing drops, like one at the goal line, one on a, on a big third down play. And the Giants would have looked a little bit more effective on offense moving the ball had we been able to execute on some of those those key drops.
1: Yeah, and it's, and by the way, why does it all fall into the same bag? Because Marcus Johnson, who is a guy off the street for all intents and purposes, three targets, no catches, all drops, the big one there on the goal line. Want to talk about that in a second. And then, conversely, though, another guy that you have should have no expectations for, and he could drop six balls next week. David Sills has one target, one catch, 19 yards in a critical moment. Or when he caught it, I thought that it was one of the tight ends. I wasn't sure which one, I thought it was one of the tight ends because <laughs> he looked lumbering. Could that there was no separation, but he made the catch right? So, like, that's the the, the razor thin margins that sometimes the giants are living on here. As we start to talk about, because I think that you mentioned Marcus Johnson in this one, and again, I hold nothing against them. And anyone that was saying this guy's like, yeah, like again, you, you take the good, you take the bad, you take it all, and there you have. Um, and we'll get to Darius Slayton, but on that play, growth, let's talk about Daniel Jones because there's the opening drive. And there's a key moment there Well, it's obvious when they get the touchdown. But on that drive, as we jump around here a little bit, Marcus Johnson drops that ball. And Daniel Jones is noticeably frustrated, noticeably demonstrative as he goes off the field because he knows we went for it, the play call was right, the execution was right. And for a guy that's sometimes a little bit behind his receivers on a couple of throws here, right, or has had his moments. And by the way, Knows that millions of dollars are on the line for him with every play that he makes or doesn't make. He was demonstrative in a way that we haven't seen from him yet to this point in his career. And I think it's important to note because the best quarterbacks in the league, the the quarterbacks that have expectation on a play-to-play basis, when they know it's right, they want it to be right. So you could see that from Daniel Jones. And I think that's a part of the leadership piece here when it comes to him and really being someone that the team looks at and says, he is the leader of this team. Let's leave the future conversation off it. He's one of the leaders of this team this season, and it matters to see him have a level of expectation for his from, from his teammates and not feel too shy to be able to show that. Whereas years before, you, you know, you're you going to ruffle somebody's feathers, right? I mean, who knows? If Kenny Galladay was out there, who knows? Last year, would he have done that? Maybe not because Kenny's a veteran. Kenny has experience now. Daniel Jones, fourth year in the league, he's one of the most experienced players on the roster day to day.
0: Yeah, and, and it's a good point. You don't want your quarterback calling people out constantly oh. and po- pointing the, pointing the blame. Daniel Jones is not that guy. And so when he has one where he's like, "We need to execute when we have these opportunities," it's him kind of saying what the coaches are saying. It's like, "You get an opportunity you need to execute on it." It yeah. would be it's far different if you're Baker Mayfield who's missing throws all over the field and then a guy drops a ball and you're yelling in his face. It's like, "Baker, you haven't done anything." to be to warrant being able to yell at someone, you you are missing execution just as much as the next person. Daniel Jones is executing exactly what Dable and Kafka have asked him to do. And so it's okay to show that emotion one time in the in the post-game press yeah, conference. Yeah. Adam, he came out and said, I lost my cool. I wish I could have that one back. I don't want to do, you know, we're a team. But, you know, I said all the right things that yeah, you need yeah. to say. Adam, the crazy part about Daniel Jones, and, and I'm going to turn it over to, to two key statistics here. Yeah, all right. First, Daniel Jones is the first player in Giants history to throw for 200 yards and rush for 100 yards in a game. In Giants history. Like that is incredible in and of itself, knowing that this is a storied franchise. The second. Is he had another really good game? Had an eighty-seven point one yeah, QBR. QBR. Yeah. He and the QBR is great for in in this case because it shows that he was so effective and timely with the runs that he decided to do. And the and the broadcast was giving him all the flowers. So they're like, look at these design runs. He, he he knew time and distance, circumstance, context. It it feels like Daniel Jones just has a better handle on situational football than I've ever seen him play for the Giants.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, from a, a scheme standpoint, we'll go back to that opening drive, that there's, a to, to your point about, um, I think every week, and this is true of any quarterback, so I'm not I'm not knocking Daniel Jones, every week, you, you'll pick out three or four or five plays, you go, ah, a little late on that, right, a little lackadaisical, the one that ends up coming back where he holds the ball a little long and the sack fumble, right, and he knows maybe he's getting that penalty, but, you know, all those kind of things. You're going to look at those and say, well, we like to clean something up here. If you're, if you're a quarterback that says, I want to be one of the best. But it does seem like underneath this staff, on a play-to-play basis, it's very clean. It's very crisp in terms of take that snap, look for route one. Check for route two, get to your legs, right? Get to your legs. And it may even be read one, legs, read two, right? Whatever the construct is, they seem to have ingrained it into him, and he's he's obviously taken it and ran with it, no pun intended, of I need to be decisive, be decisive every single time. And there were two or three instances where he got outside the pocket and heave the ball out of bounds, got outside the pocket, and threw it straight through the end zone. And those plays are just as impressive as anything that he's done. Just to mention, 11 for 107 using his legs with those timely runs. And I'll say, if we're talking about what we want from our quarterback overall, if you can tell me by hook or by crook that you can give me 300-plus yards every week from the QB position, I don't care how you splice it up. Now, if it's 200 passing yards and 40 rushing yards – You're playing in the margins there, right? But if you can be effective the way he was, like he was against Jacksonville, 300-plus yards. that's, That's something you can wrap your head around and feel tangible to the QB position and winning games consistently.
0: Trevor Lawrence was going to be the next Andrew Luck, and he still might be. There's still learning curves for him. But Trevor Lawrence threw for over 300 yards, but he was not. As effective as Daniel Jones was in this game, what was the four
1: for three? Is the four carries for three yards not good enough for you?
0: <laughs> well, especially on the fourth and one, that 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 wasn't helpful. He he completed fifty one percent of his passes, but threw for three hundred yards. Yeah. and people think that the benchmark is oh, you have to throw for three hundred yards. If you actually look at the game, if you were watching the game like you and I were, you realize that Daniel Jones was far more effective yeah. with the yards that he got than Trevor Lawrence did, and yeah. it's led to Daniel Jones. Get this, Adam is now sixth in the league in QBR behind guys Mahomes, Allen, Tua, Lamar Jackson, and oh Geno Smith, who just happens to have his resurgence right now, which is unbelievable.
1: Um, you, but, it, but you it, know what though, and just know, and on that QBR point, like, and, the, and this is where it, it's a good thing to see this year because one of the one of the things, and we're still gonna get to that opening drive. <laughs> we're still gonna get to the opening drive. Don't worry about that, guys. We got a long show ahead of us and a long week too. But frankly, um, is. You know, seeing a guy like Geno Smith in there, this is like the NFL, the NFL piece of this is fascinating because the league from last season to this season, and this happens in the league, it's cyclical, but you never know when it's going to come. And I'm mildly surprised it came this year, where okay, it's going to be offensive friendly, offensive friendly, two, three, four years in a row. And then all of a sudden defenses pick up defenses evolve they change right they go well we need more rangy guys in the linebacker room or we need just dudes in the secondary that can serve multiple functions and you start to create a little bit more disruption so what happens is some of the elite of the elites like you mentioned on that list they go fine i'll figure it out (laughs) not a big deal a guy like geno smith Again, guys that are being used within the system, right, and are being said, hey, we're going to find spots for you. And arguably, Geno is being given, and you can look at their record and say, he's been given a little more latitude, a little more risk, a little more reward, right? We can do that with you. And quarterbacks like that can bubble up. The question now, not for today, but for at some point is, every week that Daniel Jones does this with consistency, at least in this season, he's mentioned amongst those quarterbacks and with good reason. You could tell me, you know, we can start to talk about what other stack categories does he need to fill out more over the course of this season, right? He's on pace for about 2,500 passing yards. It may not be the sexiest thing you've ever seen, but he's also on pace for 835 rushing yards right now. And we don't know what the rest of the season is going to look like because there's been real lulls in that running game, especially around the ankle. So again, by the end of the year, if you're telling me that I could have a quarterback that's getting me 4,000 plus you know, all-purpose yards, that makes an impact. And in this season, this coaching staff has figured out how to put Daniel Jones into spots, and Daniel Jones has taken it and said, I can be smart and execute and lead us to wins. I don't need to force the issue in a contract year where he might be better served to throw 30 touchdowns and even have 16 interceptions and say, yeah, but I'm capable of doing what is the you know traditional stat lines.' It feels di- Don't ever accuse me of putting these guys in the same category, but it feels very Lamar Jackson, you know, esque in this idea of like people are saying, well, Daniel Jones, can he do this other thing? And you want to keep going back and saying, well, are they winning football games and Baltimore with Lamar? Are they winning football games? Right. Do you care overall in Lamar's career? He's obviously done that.
0: You know, it's, it's funny that you say that I I do want, I'll turn the page in a second, but I was watching some talk sports on TV this morning and, and it's so funny how polarizing Daniel Jones is. I turn the TV on immediately. They're talking about the giants and, you know, I'm watching uh, ESPN this morning and you have Dan Orlovsky being like, they are winning in spite of Daniel Jones. And you have Rex Ryan, Mike Greenberg and Ryan Clark that are like, you are insane. Did you watch the game yesterday? He helped them win that game. And he's like, they only threw one pass in the fourth quarter. They don't trust Daniel Jones. Then you have everyone else saying, did you see them drop all of those balls? And he's like, that's not an excuse. And then you have the other side saying, but did you see how effective he was with his legs? And they're like, that's not true quarterback play. It It's amazing how polarizing it can be watching something that isn't normal. He is not Peyton Manning. He is not going to dissect the line of scrimmage and beat you with his mind and all these pre snaps and just sit in the pocket and throw the ball. That is not Daniel Jones's forte, nor does it have to be because they're finding ways to win with utilizing his best skill set, which is his legs and his ability to get out in space.
1: And, and I think there's the, the short-term question and the long-term question, right? And you said this a few weeks ago, Daniel Jones gives the New York football giants the best chance to win football games this year. That's kind Simple. of all I care about, right? Like That's kind of all I care about. You can The same way that the league adjusts to trends, the league may adjust to Daniel Jones, right? There, there may come a game down the road this season where the tape on him and a, a good defensive coordinator is going to walk in the door and say, hey, watch what we're going to do here, right? We're going to make this about, can Saquon Barkley run the ball 45 times in this game and lead the team to victory? We're going to make it so that Daniel Jones has to only throw deep balls. Uh, we'll assess that when the, when the day comes, because guess what? Even if you think it's been, quote, in spite of Daniel Jones, which is really hard to say given what he's done these last few weeks, but even if you want to put it into that context, I guess my answer would be, all right, fine. <laughs> like, you know, if you think they're doing it in spite of him, so be it. But the team is winning football games, and he's put together really nice drives in, in consistent basis. And he's, what, six now game-winning drives this season – um, The one uh, here's a funny wrinkle about it. Uh, go, go ahead. Go ahead with yours. I'll, I'll touch well,
0: back. no, I, I, I wanted to shift away from Daniel Jones. So if you have one last oh, thought on that, I, I was going to, the
1: one, yeah. The one last thing is just um six, six winning drives this season. I, I, I put it out there that, well, I put them into the category with like guys like Dan Marino and Peyton Manning and, you know, Warren moon and all these really greats. Now, by the way though, too, there's other randos in there, like game winning drives, six of them in a season. The NFL record is eight. So I get that. Like you start to enter this elite company. Just before yesterday's game, he was in a group with other good guys, too. Peyton Manning's had five game-winning drives in a single season. Baker Mayfield had five game-winning drives in his career, right, in one season. Things are fluid, I guess, is my point on that front. And the last big one on Daniel Jones before we move away is that touchdown pass to Darius Slayton on the opening drive, finally seeing just a little bit of push, getting it down the field just a little bit, right, starting to stretch things just a little bit. And that long was on a thirty-two 32-yard touch, 32 touchdown grab Darius Slayton does it in Darius Slayton style draped in coverage, but still had to give a little double touch and then brought it down there for the touchdown, but a really great sequence there. And Jones has talked consistently about his, his trust in Darius Slayton. And it's pretty important for a guy like that fifth year, you know, understanding what's at stake for him. He came through in a big way on that drive.
0: Darius Slayton led the team in receiving yards. Got to give him credit where credit's due. First first offensive play of the game, he ran a little slant route, got Dale Jones into, into kind of his comfort zone. Mm-hmm. He dropped that one into a bucket for Slayton, who came down with the catch. We have maligned him for drops in the past. He executed when called upon, which is exactly what we need. But... Mm-hmm. Well, well, there was there was a, a a little bit of a drop there, and we just need more consistent play from the wide receivers. But all in all, it was a very positive showing for Slayton, leading yep. the team in yards. S- slide si- uh, small side note: Wondell Robinson you went made fun of his size? Oh, I didn't even think about that. But yeah. uh, well, well played, Adam. Yeah. Uh, think about Wondell Robinson. You can tell that when he's not on a pitch count, he is going to be running a million routes, and he is going to get a dozen targets a game because he runs all of those effective short routes that can Pick up five, pick up seven, pick up 10 yards, which is incredible for Daniel Jones' progression to be able to stretch it vertically to Slayton. Without that thread underneath, they can they can double cover or play cover two against Darius Slayton and not have that concern.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah uh, six catches on eight targets for 50 yards. Had that nice little jet sweep pitch where he he showed the ability to bounce into, bounce off of tacklers, be elusive in tight space, right? So no, he's definitely taking that next big step forward. Came out, labeled as questionable. Like, you, you talked about this when they drafted him. Um, you know, just seeing that he can stay healthy over the length of a season is the next, like, most important thing. He looks like he's a tough player. He's a really tough player. but He's obviously small.
0: Yeah, and uh, just you know, kudos to you for p- predicting that the Giants were going to win. I thought it was going to be a trap game, but I get a little pat on the back Andy's bet of the week comes through. Wandell oh, Robinson nice. over 30 yards. If yeah. three fast. minutes I, into
1: I came at you fast. <laughs>
0: yeah, three minutes into the game, I was like, oh, well, this is this is an easy one. You can tell that he's going to get. 50 yards on six to eight catches every single game. Cause that's how they want to use him.
1: Yeah. It was, it was nuts to me. It was, that, that was nuts. It was, to, we talked it was about. I was like, I don't understand what we're talking about they had 15, 15 you know, reps, 15 snaps the week prior, but go <laughs>
0: we'll, on. We'll, we'll end up seeing what it looks like when, when they go to Seattle. But so Daniel Bellinger has an eye injury. He was taken to a hospital. Yeah. Um, uh, his father said online uh, a couple times that he, he should be okay, but he's going to go into surgery. No major damage uh or, or life-threatening damage or illnesses with that, which is good to hear. But the Giants were down. Again, they were down Evan Neal. They were down Ben Bredesen. They were down Daniel Bellinger. And they find ways to oh, win. Yeah. And it's not all Daniel Jones. It is that we have what I consider the best running back in the league in Saquon Barkley. Yeah. He's, num- he's number two right now in rushing yards. He just finds a way. Runs. Oh, He just finds a way. To, to make the big play when they need him to the, there was that one little like dropout pass to the side where he's one-on-one against the defender. And I know everyone's thinking, it. it's like, this guy's got no chance at stopping Saquon Barkley because you know, he can, he can manipulate you and make you think he's going to whichever direction and then stop on a dime and go a different way. It's amazing to have that type of game wrecking player in your backfield he deserves so much credit for Daniel Jones's ability to be able to do what he's
1: doing as well. Um, uh, Christian McCaffrey was in a, a 49ers uniform yesterday yeah, and so looking weird. insane. And in some way I'm like, God, he's even more dangerous. Just in wearing the uniform, he looks more dangerous. Um, but on that specific play with Saquon Barkley, to your point, it wasn't even, I swear, like I was like, it looked like Frogger because he he came out of that backfield and I got into the left side of the field and he did two it was like shuffle moves to the side to dodge two tacklers and get a nice play. But it wasn't like it wasn't this quick twitchiness. It was almost like sidestep, sidestep, and like and let me go. And it is such a this is the difference of what I think about. We talk about game planning for the Giants. It's like you can't game plan for like just go tackle him. Yeah. Okay. You go tackle him. You know, you, you jerk is what all the players are turning back to the sideline and saying. And then when you start to put multiple bodies on them, this is the ebb and flow that, that affords Daniel Jones to take some of these shots. And if you have the receivers out there, and if they're making the plays, um, so all these things go together. I think hand in hand here. Overall offense, I thought had a strong game. Um, I, I want to give some kudos on the defensive side. I'll just quickly say on uh, from a gameplay standpoint, I got somebody. Uh, Uh, called it an idiotic take the Giants were at fourth and two at I think the 42 and then they took a penalty it made it a fourth and four and it was from like a 44 and I said I was like there's a change in in Brian Dable's mentality week one week two he's still going for it on fourth and four he's not going to hold it there because you're going to believe in your defense etc cetera. Now, they end up not going for it. They go with the punt. It goes into the end zone, and they end up out at the 25. So all of a sudden, you go, oh, good, 19, you know, 17 net total, total yards on the play. Um, it's okay that they adjusted that, but I found it interesting, right, because you go for it on the fourth when you're in the red zone, and these are kind of like the weird margin ones. Doug Peterson went for an immediately opening drive, right? Like He was like, hey, this is what we're going to be about this game because we're 2-4 and four and we want to do everything we can do to win. It's all right that Dable is maybe now like saying, I can protect the lead sometimes. And he showed it in both ways. I was kind of surprised that you're on their side of the field, you don't go for it. And then you do go for it in the red zone. In again, in a season when you're winning games by single possessions, three points, right? One more Graham Gano field goal. And all of a sudden, everything looks a lot different, much like the game against. Uh, Lamar Jackson. where you're saying? Hey, two possession game potentially here. What does it look like? Eight eight points. They got to do it. You know, all that stuff comes into play there, and you can be really disruptive on the defensive side. There's
0: a big difference between fourth and two and fourth and four. They say like QB sneaks are uh, successful uh, inside of fourth and two or shorter, like 88 percent of the time. Whereas oh, for sure, four, you really have to like think about how to get those yards. You can't just and by,
1: you know, and by carry the way. High- I wouldn't be shocked if the Marcus Johnson drop on the fourth and uh, on that goal line is something that's in the coaching staff's mind where they go, well, we have the perfect play for this and we've executed all phases of that perfect play except for the catch. Right. And at that point, maybe the lack of I don't know if Bellinger's in or out of the game at that point. Right. Personnel wise. I'm sure there's a lot of factors. It was an interesting note for me in somewhat of a positive way. Again, be 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 malleable. Be, be, it'll be fertile to the situation. Don't sit there and go, well, we came into the season saying we're going to be gutsy and we're going to go, go, go. You're five and one now, right? You're going, you're looking at the playoffs now. No reason to hold true to a mentality that was really about pumping the team up rather than focusing on getting wins.
0: I uh, ter- very briefly on the defensive side of the ball, Adam, mm-hmm. I didn't think that Wink Martindale's scheme would let them win a game like this when they have zero sacks. They were unable to really get to yeah. the quarterback. They, yeah. they didn't have any tackles for loss. Kayvon Thibodeau had one pressure on Trevor Lawrence. It, you know, got a couple roughing the passer penalties. It yeah. felt like everything was going against them in order for the Jaguars to win this game, and they could not convert. And, you know, obviously it comes down to one yard, a half a yard, a quarter of a yard yeah. that the Giants defended, and and that is situational football again. Like, we can't take it away from the Giants. They knew where the end zone was. They knew if we tackle him in bounds, the game is over. And yes, uh, us fans, we have like a pit in our stomach, but there was three giant defenders holding that line, knowing exactly what they needed to do. And they executed when they had
1: to. Yeah. You have the goal line stand with Trevor Lawrence. You have the fourth down play, right? Running play where it was. You knew from the second that ball got snapped, it was like, he didn't get it. He's nowhere near it. Right. Nope. No Got held up again on the final play. So think about this. And again, This is what we're talking about. We have all week to discuss this. We're going to come back in. We're going to break down this game a little bit further, talk about some injury updates, as there always is. Um, But in in that moment, you have goal line stop against Trevor Lawrence. You have fourth and goal stand in the middle of the field, and you have the – what ends up being effectively the final play of the game, the pass is there. This is a challenge moment, and Fabian Moreau, who we'll talk about, he showed up in this game in a big way. They were talking about on the broadcast how Wink Martindale talks about him. Hey, you've bounced around, but you have a chance to prove yourself again. These are guys that you can't, you can't, you can't tell me you thought Fabian Moreau is going to be starting for us in weeks, you know, four, five, and six, and you thought, yeah, that'll be good. That's going to be fun for us. And cut two, they're in the system, they're doing what they need to do. And as we get out the door here, Andy, to steal your thunder, at the end of the day, when told in the locker room, Daniel Jones, to give the speech, 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 he essentially, I don't know if you have it verbatim or not, but he effectively said, good win, let's get back to work. Giants on three.
0: Yeah, (laughs) let's
1: let's get back to it. We got to get back to work
0: tomorrow. Like, he he was all business.
1: And the audible groan in, in jest and the laughter from the team was like, didn't expect anything more out of Daniel Jones in his game speech, and it's also just hilarious, and you can tell that that camaraderie is also building, which is always a byproduct of winning. Football. It was It was
0: like they got to the bar, and they're like, what do you want to drink, Daniel Jones? And he's like, I'll take that crisp
1: Shirley Temple, and everyone looks at him and is like, what is happening? Shots of ice water if you could. Chilled, distilled if possible. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to come back and we keep talking about this game all week long. There's still a lot to get to. We're going to take a little bit of a bigger look here. And then again, at 5-1, and one, the Giants were 83-84% to make the playoffs. They are now a proverbial, quote, lock. What does Joe Shane need to think about doing here ahead of that trade deadline? Is something necessary, or do you put your faith in stock and what the Giants have accomplished? We'll break it down on YouTube, where you can subscribe and follow the show. We'll break it down on the podcast feed, where you can get that, wherever podcasts are available. Subscribe, like, love, review. And until next time, as Andy Makowitz would want, need, and nay, demand the people know. As always, let's go Big Blue. Go Big Blue.